This is Puck Year, New Zealand's home of hockey and official podcast of the NZIHL. Join us each week as hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury talk to the players, the fans, filmmakers and everyone in between who make the hockey world such an interesting place. I think we're going to get a little bit, um, a little bit British on this show this week. Um, not because we're putting on British accents or anything, but I interviewed Dean Tonks, uh, who is the head coach of the Canterbury uh, Ice Hockey Association down there. I did not. No, what were you doing? I was doing some ACC related cricket five day test marathon or something. I don't know, something across that twenty three days of summer that extended for four months <laughs> thankfully summer is over winter is coming um winter has come yeah it's not a game of ref- game of Th- thrones reference at all i don't even watch it uh but yeah dean tonks he's a guy that i've wanted to talk to for quite a while i bumped into him at the nz ihl agm and you know he does a lot of great things uh f- for youth hockey down there people you know and people learning to play and a lot of stuff with development um I've now since discovered that uh, Christchurch is quite a hotbed for goalie talent in this country. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, Joe, again, is not on this one, but at least he's here in this intro. So, uh, Dean, uh, you're a guy that uh, I've definitely wanted to get on the uh, podcast for a while. Um, Back in the days of doing Top Shelf, you're always one of my favorite people to come down to Christchurch and talk to. Love, love a guy who loves to talk about hockey. Um, and of course, you, you're doing a lot down in Christchurch uh, with the kids and everything. Um, but before we get into what you're doing now, I really want to talk about, um, I, I guess, like, you know, your hockey career. And um, yep. most of our listeners probably know you from your time with the Canterbury uh, Red Devils. You know, you're part of that, that championship winning team in uh, 2014. But before yeah. that, uh, you were with the West Auckland Admirals for uh, 2012 and 2013. Um, I really want to know, is like, how did that recruitment process go down for you coming into the NZHL as an import from England? Um, so what it was, um, me and my wife um, wanted to um, just come over and travel, really. So I had to take a, a year off from playing back home. And um, we wanted to come out when the weather was getting better. And um, we come over actually when the Rugby World Cup was on. Um, so it was quite a good time. And then um, I just got in contact um, with Andy Kaiser and then he put me in uh, contact with Sean Henry. And then um, some of the guys just helped me out getting from my apartment and um, helping with some gear and getting down to a few trainings. I wanted to be on the ice Um as much as I could really whilst um, over here, once I found out actually uh, ice hockey was in New Zealand, um, which was kind of hard to find. Um, yeah, what was, um, before you go further into that, what was your reaction like when you realised that there actually was ice hockey in New Zealand? Yeah, so it was pretty you know, strange really because um, I didn't even know um, until probably a, a couple of weeks before that there was ice hockey in New Zealand. I knew um, Australia um, had a established league with imports going out there and, and they're in line over there. So, um, yeah, it was really surprising and then trying to track rinks down where when I was going to be travelling and, and just 
getting on the ice and doing a bit of training. So um, it was a pleasant surprise, actually. Yeah, it was really good. And then, so tell me more about uh, going to the West Auckland Admirals. Yeah, so I just started out um, with a few trainings there and um, got speaking more with um, Sean Henry, who was um, the president at the time, and, and Jonathan Albright, who was the... Um, he was manager at the time, uh, the coach at the time. Sorry for um, the West Auckland Admirals, and and they said um, if if I was available to play that year, um, would I be keen? And um, so it just went from there, really. Nice. What's um, what's Jonathan Albright like as a coach? Yeah, he's really good. Um, he's a really good motivator. Um, obviously, um, the team had some. Uh, really tough years before I come, and then I think the first year I was there, we had quite a good year. We we just missed out on the finals, and then um, then the season after there was a coaching change, and um, and then we had an, another bit of a slump. Um, so yeah, it, it was really good over there. I enjoyed it. A, a great bunch of lads, which um, most of them are still playing in the team now, with with some of the young kids coming up, which is good to see. Yeah, how do you find that now? Because with like the obviously the admirals, um, if you ignore the last couple of years before that, there was a bit of a rough patch. And yeah, of course, Nick, you mentioned there's guys that have been in the team for so long. They've got some um, guys like Justin Daigle came in, and now you've got some really good young guys come through, like Fraser Ellis, you know, Ollie Curtis. Um, is it even though you kind of you went you left the admirals? Uh, how does how does it feel for you to see the improvement in that team? Yeah, I, I think it's really good for the league, um, to be honest. But um, for the young kids coming through, um, I think everyone knows that it's quite hard with the two rinks and where the kids are going to be playing. Um, but some of them young kids are coming through. It, it's um, quite a good thing for me because I had the privilege of. Um, of coaching them and helping with their development um, in the um, nearly three years that I was up there. So, um, yeah, a lot of them boys, like Ollie Curtis, I was coaching him when he was back in the under-13s under, under rep team. Wow. Um, so, so it's really good. Uh, and the same as the Regan twins. Um, I was there when, when they first come to ice hockey and they started out at the learn to play and helping them with uh, extra power skating lessons and stuff like that. So, seeing these boys coming through and um, it's really quite pleasing actually. Yeah. Um, now I mentioned that obviously you made the move uh, from the Admirals to the Red Devils. Uh, was it down to wanting to win a championship that made that move or was it another reason? No, no. It was um, for uh, the, the coaching job down here. Okay. Um, that, so that's why I moved. Um, there's a couple of things. Um, but I thought the opportunity coming to uh, Canterbury to help with their development at the time, um, they had no head coach and uh, numbers was very thin on the ground. Um, when I first come down just for a meeting with everyone, there were seven kids on the ice for learn to play. Um, so that was that was kind of uh, a bit eye opening at the time, and um, and then um, I still wanted to play at the time. Um, so it was good to come into a team. I think it was Mario Rout was coaching that first year and I had a bit to do with him previously. And, um, yeah, it was good to come into a, another team. And obviously at home, 
we move around a little bit more. So moving to a new team um, didn't really phase me. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. What's the uh, what's the travel like um, during the NZHL season? You know, going between like if you're based in Canterbury, you know, obviously you can hop on a bus to Dunedin or go to Queenstown, but then obviously you got to jump on a plane um, to go to the Auckland teams. Yeah, I think uh, well we've, we're even flying to Queenstown now since um, since I've been down here previously. Those doing the long bus trip. But uh, I do think it um, does take it out of you, to be honest. Uh, you, you're flying in that day, and even though, though it's only a, around a 45-minute flight, um, it definitely can affect you. Um, <laughs> so you've got to be mentally prepared when, you, when you're leaving home, try and prepare in the morning like you would for any normal game. And then when you get to the destination, try and get a, a nap before your game and, and just get yourself ready as normal. Do you have any like crazy tour stories from you know that 2014 championship year? Uh, Ones that really. obviously we're, aren't going to like sort of <laughs> um, put people in trouble, yeah, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm normally um, one of the jokers in the team, causing all the pranks on people, um, running like, around like a madman in the changing room. No, I, I think we had a really good bunch uh, of guys. We got on really well. We had a good mix of of older guys, experience, and some of the the youth coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, n- nothing too crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of you being the Joker, I'm pretty sure a couple of times. Uh, in the 2015 season when I was down there filming Top Shelf, because obviously down in Alpine, it's quite, you know, it's a small space. I'm basically outside your dressing room, and I'm pretty sure there are a couple of times you have walked in and out in just a towel. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a lot of clothes for me, to be honest. <laughs> when, it's on, when it's on hockey day, uh, pre-game rituals, not, not a lot of clothing, um, yeah, to be honest. <laughs> I have noticed that with a few of the boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what about uh, the night that you guys won, uh, the, you know, the Virgil Cup with the Red Devils? Um, did you guys, did you have a big party that night? Yeah, that, that was a good night. Um, Jake Lane was the manager then and, and he's coming back this year. Um, he has his own um, business. So we, we went to the warehouse and, um, had, had all the guys over and partners and, and we could pretty much be as loud as we wanted and as much drink as we wanted and, and kind of having no issues really. Um, when you go to to bars and stuff, sometimes with a, a rowdy uh, sports club can cause a bit of friction. <laughs> yeah, look no further than um, the Waikato Chiefs. <laughs> and yeah. it, they, they've had a bit of trouble before. So, yeah, it sounds like you guys did it sensibly, which is good. Um, cause you know, we, we only want to see hockey in, in a good light in this country. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of like that game, uh, game two in the final, uh, so obviously against the Dunedin Thunder and it's the score was 14, six, quite a high score for a final. Uh, and I saw that you had a five point night yourself. It's not often that someone outscores Chris Eden in a game, but Hey, you did it. You were on fire. Um, so from that second period onwards, uh, what was the vibe like on the bench? Oh, well, it's a final. Anything can happen. And um, obviously Dunedin had, had quite a young team and they had a, a few issues with with goalies. 
and and really we didn't want to underestimate them and and we went as hard as we could to the end because um we wanted to we wanted to win and and at the end of the day that's sport um and if you let up then then things can turn very quickly yeah uh before we get to you know talking about canterbury and stuff i want to talk about you um about you growing up in england uh obviously there's some parallels there with New Zealand. Uh, obviously in New Zealand, rugby is the dominant sport and ice hockey kind of, it's, you know, it's a minority sport, obviously. And then of course, over in England, you've, you're contending with football, uh, which is, you know, biggest sport in the world. Right. Um, so that, that's correct, yeah. yeah. So what even got you into the game over there? Um, so I started off out uh, in line, actually, just in a, a local sports hall, um, near us. And, my older brother was playing and he's five years older. So there I was a little five-year-old and, and the next team available was five years older. So all I could do was train with them until we could grow our numbers and, and I could have a team of, of my own to play in. And then um, the, from the age of, I think it was 12, I did my I started halfway through a season um, just in my local city, Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got selected um, for um, the rep, like a rep team. We call them conference teams over there um, in my first year of playing. And that's when um, a lot of the England um, coaches was in uh, Nottingham and Sheffield, uh, two, two of the biggest clubs in England. Um, Sheffield asked me to go to them. And then it kind of went from there. Onwards, really, I, I made England in my first year of ice hockey. Um, so it's quite a good start to playing, really. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, I, I would really love to know more about um, the elite ice hockey league over there, which is, you know, it's the top league there. Um, is it a big deal? Like, obviously, you're, you're competing with soccer, football, but is the EIHL, like, is it popular? Yeah, well... They've split the conferences a bit more now. Um, so they've got the three conferences because some teams have um, financially got enough money to move up from the, the league below. And then you've got a lot of the Scottish teams that don't have uh, a, a big budget. And then you've got, we call them the, the arena teams where they're pulling in between, you know, seven and 10,000 a night for their home games. So, it's kind of split three three ways the league because the arena teams with with getting ten thousand people to games their budget's so much higher, mm-hmm. um, and obviously sponsorship comes with with all of that as well. Um, and a lot of them uh, big arena teams have been around um, since ice hockey started in U- in the UK. Man, how does just as a comparison, how many people can the Red Devils get at a game? I think they'd be pushing on uh, a thousand maximum if they're lucky. Um, <laughs> I, I reckon for the final, um, when we won it, we probably got around seven and a half hundred to nine hundred, um, and that was pretty packed. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's cool to you see that. Well, obviously you picked it up so quickly, like especially. Um, so what? You didn't start playing ice hockey until twelve. That's generally quite old for a player to pick it up. Yeah, but um, so I was playing a lot of inline though, and I was I was on on the rink near enough every day. I, I lived at eat, 
sleep hockey um <laughs> and and kind of that's what I wanted to do and and when I got into ice hockey yeah, I was really focused and and we had to travel two and a half hours there and two and a half hours back five times a week wasn't getting home until you know gone midnight and going to school the next day so <laughs> I've been really committed um to the sport um ever since a, a young age well, I mean, it, obviously it shows, dude, um, and just you know, in all the things you've accomplished, really. Uh, one thing, um, in looking into the EIHL, obviously it's classed as a professional league and then uh, you've got the English Premier Ice Hockey League below it. Um, well, you did. It doesn't exist anymore. But Yeah, we did until this year, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, both were considered pro leagues. Uh, would you have an idea of how much money you could make playing in England? Yeah, well, it, it it all depends because in the in a in the top league, um, they can earn big money, um, and it all ranges. But there's a salary cap in that league, so um, ways they can get around salary cap is that you you've got a free house with your wife, um, rent free while you're there, a team car, and um, your uni paid for. <laughs> so uni alone, you could be looking at probably ten thousand a year, um, and then. Some of the the top imports are probably on about four thousand a week pounds, maybe more than that now. I, I wouldn't even know. It's been that long since I've been at home. And then, and then the league below was uh, as a British player, you was getting paid more money than some of the imports wow. um, because we're bringing over a lot of Eastern European imports because of the ruling that you had to bring um, European imports in in that league for the. It was all about work visas and stuff like that oh, in yeah. the as, top league, as opposed to like North American players. Yeah, so in the top league, um, that they're bringing in more North American guys, um, and because they're coming in on different visas and um, they're getting paid um, a, probably a better salary, so it's easier to get them in. Man, that's uh, not bad money for, um, you know, well, I mean, I didn't know much about the league. Like, I knew it existed, but, yeah, that's, um, that's quite impressive. So it's cool to see that so it, England yeah, is kind of Yeah, it's growing all the time. It's growing all the time, and um, and, the, and the top teams in the uh, Elite League are, are then playing in the uh, CHL, which is the Champions Hockey League. Um, and uh, then there's a Continental Cup as well, which two years ago... Um, a British team won that. So it's, it's getting big over there. Um, and, and that's down to sponsorship and stuff like that. And they're building new, a lot of new rinks, um, which are like leisure centers. So they don't have the swimming pool, which makes it more cost effective. Mm -hmm. And um, how, how does the competition level uh, between those English leagues compare to New Zealand here with the NZHL? Yeah, I, I think um, the fourth league in in the UK, which would be um, the National League Two, um, would, would be the, the same level as as here, um, and and they're only running at two imports over there, and we've got uh, four imports plus one. Um, but but our Kiwi guys are getting better all the time. It, it's down to a lot of eyes time, and. Um, I'm watching more of the sport and I, and I find a lot of our kids probably here aren't watching enough of the sport so they, they don't understand the game as well. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, speaking of uh, obviously New Zealand getting better, uh, so you are down uh, with the Canterbury Ice Hockey Association as the head coach there. Um, what a, Tell me more about the different age group leagues you've got going on there because when we met uh, at the NZHL AGM, it sounded like you had a lot of awesome things going on. Yeah, so um, we run our lunch play program and uh, we, we call it Athens League, which is a, a 12 and under league. And that's a cross-eyes league. Um, and at the moment, we've got uh, 52 players registered in that, oh. so which is which is pretty good um, considering it's term one in the, and it's summer. Um, and then we've got our Peewee League, which the age groups have just changed, and that's under 15 league. And we've got about 30, 30 odd players registered in that. And then we have our Midget League, which is under 18. And we've got about 35 players registered in that league. Um, we also have a high school league, which this year we're going to be at five teams again, looking to add a sixth team in 2019. And then um, and then our juniors, which are under 20s, um, which we which across the country there's low on players. So we just have a team in our top SNC league. Right. I have noted because, uh, yeah, when I was traveling the country for all the games a couple of years ago, I did always admire um, the high school league that you ha- that you guys have going on down there. Like, I wish I had something like that growing up. I mean, I didn't even have an ice rink in the, in the town that I grew up in. But, man, I wish um, that high school ice hockey was more of a thing in New Zealand. Yeah, and, and, and we're working really hard on that. I'm, I'm going into schools now trying to get that set up for, for term two and three. Um, we've, we've got four established schools that play on their own and then we have a mixed team and then um, for next year like I said we're, we're looking to have five of their own school and plus one mixed team which there can be from other schools um, and it's a really good league it's a non-contact league it's a bit of fun we have new players who haven't played much and they don't play minor hockey or rep hockey and they just want to play for fun. And then we, we do have the rep guys as well who um, who are representing the school and they can get awards at the school for playing in that league. Yeah. Um, just so, because obviously you've been down there for a while now, just how much has, just in the Canterbury region, how much has the sport grown? Do you know? Um, well, se- seniors has always been pretty good down here. I, I was quite shocked how many teams, and, and we're working hard on on growing that as well. Um, it's it, anyone playing ice hockey. Um, it doesn't matter what age. Um, we want them playing. And then um, from the numbers at the bottom, like I said before, our learn to play program. When I first come, we was at about seven players on the ice. Now we're up to, like I said, over fifty. And, and that's only in term one. Um, next term, I'd be looking to push that um, over the 60, um, closer to 70. And then we'll be looking at getting another another eye slot um, so we can continue to grow that league. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's the main growth there. Um, and then we do get the high school players coming in, but then it's harder for them to pick it up into the reps straight away if they're coming in at 15, 16. Um, but then they'll go into our senior leagues, which is which is still good. They're still playing the sport that um, we all care about. That's cool. Um, 
since you are obviously down there and so heavily involved um, with New Zealand's youth players, uh, what do you think we should be doing uh, as a country to help develop that young talent further? Well, we have a problem down here with with um, eyes time. Um, so that, that's quite a bit of an issue. It would be great if we had more rinks across the country. It would be great if we had another pad down here, which we could get more ice availability and um, and try to get the, the cost of the ice down. That is um, one of the big issues that um, we find um, bringing kids in from other sports. Uh, excuse me. Um, that it's quite an expensive sport. Hmm. I think uh, the things that you you were doing, um, promotion and um, getting it out there so people actually know we play ice hockey in the country, um, like the American and Canadian team coming over is all great exposure. And if we can get it on the TV, then um, it'll grow the awareness of actually ice hockey is played in the country. Yeah, I do. Um, I do get that a lot. Um, obviously doing some, you know, doing a lot of ice hockey coverage in the country. Uh, and then a lot of people that, you know, I sort of run into and they'll be like, I didn't even know that, uh, New Zealand had an, a New Ze- you know, a national team, the ice blacks, they didn't know they existed. Don't know the ice ferns exist. And I'm like, yeah, man, like these teams exist. They've been around for a fucking long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is crazy. And, and I, I do feel sorry for, for the guys and, and ladies who are playing in the national team. And seven years ago when I come and, and some of the guys told me that there was pain to play for the national team. Um, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a shock to me, to be honest. Um, you know, we, I was quite lucky back home where we're getting all of our equipment and every, all of our travel and everything paid for us. Um, so I do feel sorry for the guys at the top end as well, representing the country and getting very little back. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously it's, that's kind of like my dream is I hope to see one day that that's not what happens that the guys like, you know, all the players in the NZHL don't have to pay to play. Um, because yeah, as you mentioned, it is such an expensive sport. Uh, so with the kids down in Canterbury, um, how much typically would say a parent, be spending say in a school term to put their kid through hockey do you know so in a, in a school term roughly they're paying about um for 20 sessions um that's two times a week um if they're not playing the upper grade um it would be between um 170 and about 250 a term and then um when term two and three when when they're playing uh when the rep season comes in and then the rep season's looking at close to 2000 you know, it starts getting pretty expensive, plus all the gear on top. As they get older, they're breaking more sticks. That's, you know, two to $400 a, a stick. They're, they're growing, so then there's another five to $1,000 on, on skates. Um, so it, it does build up quite quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, having said that, um, would you want to put your kid through hockey if you have a kid? Um, yes. Yeah, so, so my kid's uh, 16 months now and he, he's already uh, hitting a ball constantly around the house um, every morning and night before before bed. And, and I'll probably start him off the same as what I did, get him on some inline skates and take him around the street and, and play and 
getting him into all different sports. Um, like now, we're, we're doing a lot of stuff with to help with his hand-eye coordination, and then um, get him into as many sports as he can, and and let him pick what he wants to do. Obviously, I'd love him to to play ice hockey, but who knows? He he, he might not actually be in any sport, and um, he might be more of an academic and. Or, or into music or something like that. Um, so I won't push him. Obviously, um, I'd like him to give it a go. And I, I do think it would help with other sports if, he, if he's into something else. Like I, I'm big into to football and I'm, I'm into cricket. So um, he'll be doing all them sports as well. Uh, one thing... I, uh, when I was looking into, you know, everything you're doing down in Canterbury, one thing I noticed on the, uh, CIHA website is that you run, um, goalie slash shooter camps down there with, uh, Lyndall Hyman. Uh, how many kids do you get coming along to those? So we, we won the one, um, in January and, um, it was more of a timing thing, um, when Lyndall was available so um, I think we had about 10 goalies on the ice and about 20 players. Um, a lot of our, um, I think the under-20s final was down in Dunedin at the time and the the Devilettes was up in Auckland at the time. So we was probably missing another six goalies. Um, so, so it was pretty successful. It was a very short notice. Um, and then we're going to be just planning this year a little bit better and uh, give people more time and working around rep schedules a little bit better. So was that uh, that camp in January, was that the first one that you've had of that kind? Yeah, that, that was the first one um, of Lindell. But then um, Perry uh, Wilson comes over quite regularly and um, he sets up the goalie camps as well. Um, but when Perry comes over, we'll probably be doing the same thing. He takes the goalies for a bit. I do the shooters, and then we can um, bring it all together. Um, that, that means the cost for the goalies is down as well by bringing the shooters camp on. So um, just run me through in those camps. Like, What, what do you do with the kids? Um, so um, it was just over uh, two days, that one. Um, so um, we started off with um, just general warm-up, um, we, then we had our on ice session and then, um, and then we run it like any other, um, camp that we did classroom sessions, uh, for the goalies. Uh, Linda was talking over things with them. Um, I took the players outside for, um, more off ice shooting in the gallery at the back, a bit of stick handling, um, going over, um, technique, um, instead of, you know, they just want to shoot as hard as they can and, and not getting the right technique. Um, so going over all of that with them. And then as the sessions progressed, then we got into um, more game situation drills for, for both players and goalies. Um, so, yeah, it was a progression thing from going stationary, shooting, moving, and then into um, movement. And then, yeah, the game situation stuff. Uh, well, I definitely, uh, just from there, I mean, I can see why uh, Canterbury is definitely producing some goaltender talent at the moment. I mean, you said there could have been potentially, what, 16 goalies at that camp alone. Um, that's, yeah, and, and that's that, quite a high amount. Only a couple of, yeah. Um, well, since I've been here uh, in the four years of um, 
I've started 11 goalies from, from scratch, some as um, players, and then I've uh, taught them to give in uh, goalie a, a go, and, and then they've loved it. So we've got a lot of goalies at the young age at the moment, which is good to see. We have a lot of girl goalies coming through at the young age in under 12s. Um, we have four under uh, 12 girl goalies. Um, so I'm I'm big in uh, getting the girls developed as well, and not them getting left behind. But um, some of our some of our uh, young midget goalies coming through uh, and exceptional, um, very talented, very committed to the sport. Um, they're going to the gym, doing all the right things, um, and then now it's just managing. Um, they're not getting burnt out really. Yeah, um, one one young goalie in particular that I, I'd love to uh, talk about on here because um, he always he follows us on Instagram and he's always liking our posts and he seems like a really good kid um, is Finlay Forbes. And, yeah. You know, obviously, he's been named in the under-18 squad uh, for April's um, World Champs in Queenstown and he was also a reserve for the under-20 team. Just how proud are you of uh, his development in net? Oh, over over the last um, two years, he, he's come on leaps and bounds. Uh, he, he's grown a lot. Uh, he had an issue with height for a, a long period of time. He's a very reactional goalie, but now he's grown. Um, managed to get him uh, more technical. Um, but he, he's super committed to hockey in general. He, he plays for the inline national team as well. So he's juggling things and... And sometimes it's a pain in the neck for me because um, one minute he's playing ice and then he's, he can't make the next weekend because he's going to inline world championships. Then he's coming back to the rep stuff. Um, and he's a part of our elite training at the moment, which is trials for the rep team. Um, so, um, and he's a, he's a really good kid. He's a, he's a joker. Um, he loves to have a laugh. So he, he doesn't take it too seriously at, off the ice, he has a good laugh, and then when he gets on there, he he, he works hard the, the same as uh, all of our goalies. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure he yeah, he'll get stoked to, to get that mention on the show. Even uh, you also mentioned yeah, so girl goalies as well. Um, I tell you what, if I if I ever have a daughter, um, goalie is definitely the spot I'm I'm pushing for them. Uh, is is say the success? Well, I mean, the obviously the sort of pathway that uh, Grace Harrison has taken is that kind of something that you um, tell the kids about? Say, like you know, there is pathways for you to like for a better education. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, um, one of our girl goal, goalies, um, Daisy Hopkins, went away to the Lee side thing, the same as Grace Harrison started out. Alta. Um, she went a couple of years ago and then uh, we've got a really good young goalie coming through uh, Lily Forbes actually is Finley's sister um, she plays the inline the same as what Grace did um, so she's doing as much hockey as she can and then further down the line we've got them young ones who are looking up to the likes of Daisy and, and Lily which um, which is great for them and then we try and get Lily down um or Daisy down when we can to help out with the uh, girl goalies, the same as um, we've had some of the Devilettes come and help with the uh, girl players. Um, so they can look up to them, the same as the, the boys look up to like, the Chris Edens of, of um, the Red Devils. <laughs> yeah, who wouldn't look up to Chris Eden, right? <laughs> well, no, normally we're looking down to him, really. But, um, <laughs> but, 
<laughs> I don't even think you can look past him with those big arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. He's, he's, he's square. <laughs> <laughs> Is that because um, obviously he's got his gym down there as well. Uh, do you guys kind of link up together and sort of help with the youth players there and their fitness and the conditioning? Yes. Yeah, so um, I think it was about three years ago now that Chris started his um, junior um, Eden project. And that's when um, I helped him. Um, get some of our guys across and then once they get there they love it so we haven't had to push guys towards Chris now um, the guys who go there love it and um, they're there near enough five days a week some of them I'm, I'm saying hold back a little bit we've got one of our kids uh, Timothy Carey who's um, entering the CrossFit games as well um, so he's an exceptional goalie but um, his fitness is outstanding as well and, and that's down to Chris's hard work at the gym. I think uh, it sounds like the Red Devil is going to have a serious log jam in net over the next while. All these goalies you're yeah. producing. Yeah, so I, th- I think it's probably going to take them a realistic probably three to four years um, I'd like um, for them to be ready for that level. They're, they're training there now, but um, goalies don't hit the peak until... Um, late 20s, even um, middle 30s, really. So uh, <laughs> they've got time. They've just got to be patient. That That's the thing. Um, be patient um, and learn off uh, if import goalies are coming in or, or off the more senior goalies. Yeah. Um, keeping on with the coaching, uh, you mentioned um, – sort of near the start there that you have also been involved uh, as a co- as an assistant coach uh, with the New Zealand under-18 eight, under side. Um, obviously in 2016, you guys went over to South Africa and you won the gold medal. What was, the, what was that experience like going over there, um, you know, to a foreign country like that um, and just having that young team of hopefuls? Oh, it, it was great for me. Um, you know, I just wanted to, first when I got, involved with the under 16 development team I just wanted to give a little bit back what I learned through uh, the national setup and the professionalism that we had to do and then um, I put my hand forward to be assistant to Johnny that year and uh, and to pass on a, a few more things and um, we did our preparation and and going over to South Africa was a bit eye-opening at times um, beautiful country in places and then others, uh, the poverty, but, um, the hockey was great. The kids was great. Um, and then coming out of it with a, a gold medal was, um, was our goal and, and that was achieved. What are the, what are the state of the rinks like over there? Well, we, we was in Cape town and, and it was beautiful. It was, um, in a casino. Um, oh, shit. And so, so it was, uh, it was a massive, um, kind of complex and it had um, like a dinery inside as well before you got into the, into the rink. It was all in one building with a casino. Um, but the arena was, was really nice. It, it, it was probably better. It was better than Dunedin, really. Um, the Ice Blacks went over there the year before we went over. And um, no, it, it was pretty good. It, it wasn't like some of the rinks... Um, back in Europe or North America. But um, 
I'd be happy if we had 10 or 15 of them rinks over here, that's for sure. <laughs> I do. It is funny how I like, can uh, say there or say right now, you know, the New Zealand under 18 uh, women's team, um, they're in Kuala Lumpur and there's a new rink there and it's inside a shopping mall of all places. Um, uh, I know. I, I've been to Dubai and that's the same. There's a, there's a rink there inside like the big mall. Um, <laughs> could you ever imagine something like that here? Like it would just be, I mean, one, it would be great for exposure, but it's just, it's so crazy. It's so novel. I know. I think Westfield need to build, um, some massive shopping malls and put a few ice rinks in there for us. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> and I'm sure Westfield have a lot of money to yeah. burn. So why not? Yeah. So, so, so build one in Christchurch for us, will you? <laughs> yeah, a part of the rebuild. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, just last question for you, mate. Um, do you have any higher aspirations uh, as a coach, you know, either internationally or, say, professionally, or are you quite happy just uh, sort of growing the game down there in uh, Christchurch? Yeah, I, I want to get back into the national setup. This year I, I had to step away from uh, – I was going to um, help with Justin Daigle with the 20s, but um, – Last year, when I travelled away to China, my son was only three months, and so this year I thought, well, you know, I'll spend spend that time with the family this year and um, be in country a little bit more. Where, um, well, that, that, that's my job, so I, I need to put that first, get things going um, good here where where I need it to be. To take that three weeks away, that three weeks, um, certain times of the year can be pretty crucial but um yeah 100 percent. i want to get back in with the national teams um give as much back um there as i can um and and help the kids um try and achieve the goals that um i achieved when when i was playing um for the national team there's there's no better feeling than that and and when i'm coaching um i feel very proud to be representing new zealand as we're residents here now and going for our citizenship and hopefully one day my, my son represents the national team as well. Oh, that would be awesome. Um, <laughs> you're doing so much good stuff down there in Christchurch, Dean. Um, obviously, the we're already seeing the fruits of a lot of your labour there and some of the kids that are coming through into the national, uh, like the underage teams. Um, thanks for coming on and um, yeah hopefully we'll see you throughout the season Puck Yeah it's New Zealand's hockey podcast subscribe on iTunes SoundCloud or with your favourite podcast app for the latest episodes follow the team on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at Puck Yeah Podcast and for your fix of hockey news go to puckyear.nz